Hello and welcome to season two of the Scrap Paper Pioneers podcast. This is the first episode of season two and I'm super excited because today you're going to meet my parents. Oh my goodness, what a time. You are in for a really, really cool and funny conversation. Well, I think it was funny at least. Um, And we have some great special guests who also arrive, including my dogs and my sister popping into the room during our conversation. So basically, it's the whole family. But I really hope you enjoy this and I'm so grateful to have them both on the show. I think that's actually a really good place to start. Just press play before I chicken out. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) No, too good. So today, this is like Meet the Parents episode. We have my mum and my dad, Lawrence and Philippa Kirby. Oh, hey. Um, who are here. Oh, am I meant to say your names? I don't know if that's like allowed. That's fine. Okay, cool. That's good. <laughs> hey, everyone. Nice yeah. to talk to you in podcast world. <laughs> Too good. So I was thinking it'd be a really cool place to start is if you guys share a little bit about what you're passionate about and who you are. Who wants to go first? I go straight for the jugular. Philippa can go first. <laughs> I'm passionate about uh, being creative. I'm passionate about God's presence. Um, I'm passionate about loving people. And I'm passionate about being passionate. Nice. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree with that, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> Don't need to apologize for who you are. <laughs> um, so I'm a, I'm 47 and I'm a male. Okay. And those are important things, a part of who I am. No, true. Nice. Um, I was born in uh, Rhodesia and then have grown up in New Zealand or been in New Zealand the rest of my life pretty much, apart from some trips into some developing world countries over the years. Um what am I? I'm, I'm really passionate about um, about people and about people experiencing life uh, to the best that they can experience it. Um, so whatever that looks like. Uh, there's a saying of Jesus that he said that he came to give life and life in abundance. And I've always thought that was really cool. So I, my life has been a lot about what does that mean for people to live in abundance? So I'm passionate about that. And I'm also really passionate about how do we uh, address the issues of our world that help people to live, the world that hinder, sorry, particularly the systems that hinder the ways that we think that hinder people from being all that they can be. Mm. Yeah, cool. Oh, thanks for sharing, guys. That's awesome. I'm kind of laughing in my head because when you said 47, it sounds quite old and I haven't heard you say it. Does that make sense? <laughs> He's so old. And then I go close to 50. Woo. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm yeah, 48. I think that's months. so exciting. And you guys are loving life at, in your 40s and nearly 50s as well. So I think that's pretty cool. Hey, stop the 50s business. Eh? Oh, no, I think it's good. Years to go. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And um, you guys are... Um, to say that you're important people in my life is probably a, an understatement. <laughs> so thank you. 
So thank you. <laughs> That's great. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come and chat. So today I thought it'd be really cool. I'm going to fire a few questions at you and you can both kind of like pass between you. You don't have to answer all of them or you might want to. Um, and just share your experiences and wisdom and a whole bunch of stuff really. Does that sound cool? Sounds good. Awesome. awesome. Let's do it. So um, I just like, kind of thought I was <coughs> listening to this lady Paula Ferris share the other day and she shared this amazing thing about not building your identity in what you do um, because that's something that's shakeable. So like as times change and things change, what you do, your work or say you um, like for me, if I was to say I work for this organization, that's shakeable. So if I was to build my identity in that, um, that's something that can change. And then as soon as it's gone, it's like vanished basically. And it, then I'm left kind of going, huh, who am I, you know? And I thought that was, that struck me. I thought it was really, really cool. And that idea of like introducing yourself as, <coughs> sure, I'm Ella and I work for or I do is quite common in society, I think. And <laughs> our dog is barking yeah. at the door. <laughs> it's quite common in society as, just that's just how you roll. You go, hi, I'm Ella and I do such and such. When someone asks you what you do, that's our natural response. Um, and so I wanted to start today by asking you guys what you're passionate about before we jump to kind of like what you do employment-wise or in your work life a bit. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think about that as a concept of like introducing yourself and putting who you are in something that's not shakeable as such? Yeah, it's interesting because I, I, quite a while ago in, in my role, I meet a lot of people everywhere and someone made a comment similar to that about how often our conversations start with, hi, how are you doing? What do you do is the next question. And, and when I heard that, I realized, actually, I don't want to continue that sort of pattern. And so I worked hard at trying to change the way that I... Um, the way that I had conversations with people so that they would um, they wouldn't center around what we do and what they do but actually learning to find out who that who those people are so it's a really interesting interesting point from my perspective <laughs> we've just had our dogs join us invade both invade. of them invade yeah, so like knocking over everything you get this full <laughs> candid um, podcast today yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, that's such a cool point. And <coughs> Pearson was right on about that. I think it's um, definitely something that we can be a part of shifting. It's such a small thing as well that I think we can be aware of in every day and, and like how we approach conversations and introducing ourselves. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I think in my 40s, since. Uh, my years of motherhood of small children has decreased and my freedom has increased. I have found more of who I am and uh, in the sense of discovering self in that realm of things. And though who I am and what I do are very tightly woven, um, they're entwined because I love people and I'm a pastor, so they go together naturally. And um, I work with kids. I love kids. I love being creative. I have to be creative in the way that we do things. And I love God's presence and, and worship. And that is all of those things are a part of me. And yet they also are a part of what I do, which is great. 
it means that we've actually got a fantastic job. Hey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's very true. It does mean your job kind of aligns with what you're passionate about. Yeah. Which is kind of what we're all about is building a life that you love and it aligns with the stuff that you enjoy doing and you feel like you can kind of bring to the table and stuff that lights you up, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. No, I love it. So have you guys ever kind of had that experience though when you've kind of grasped tightly to something and being like, this is who I am, like this is my role, and then if things don't go to plan, what kind of impact that has in a way? So say I'm like, oh, I work for this organisation and then I got fired or something happened and I no longer work there and stuff doesn't go to plan. Have you guys had experiences like that where almost by having attached your identity identity to something, you come out and you're kind of a little bit disorientated? Definitely for me. Um, I've probably had a couple of situations of that. One when I was younger, about um, probably when I was 22 or so. Um, and then probably more recently, which actually was easier to go through because... <clears throat> some of the lessons I'd learned from the first time about um, your identity being so much attached to what you do. So for a long time it had been about leadership for me and then going through a stage where leadership opportunity, this was when I was younger, leadership opportunity was removed from me and um, I ended up uh, not doing anything around leadership for a couple of years really and that was... Um, it was a, a time of real soul-searching and stuff. And I think, you know, you talk about this idea of shakeable, unshakeable. Um, I think to find the unshakeable stuff involves some, uh, a lot of self-reflection and a lot of deep work that needs to go within our souls um, to find out who we are and who we were created to be and what we're passionate about is not something that comes overnight. And I think we have to go through those situations to begin to discover what it is we're actually made for. Yeah, I probably, in the last few years, my experience would have been walking through uh, severe burnout and coming to terms with, um, I love what we do, and um, but I can't give myself so much to that that I forget about myself so it's a different kind of finding an unshakable moment if that makes sense mm, yeah, yeah that's so interesting eh? and I think that kind of um, when you kind of hit a wall and you realize that you're at capacity that is definitely one of those moments where you self-reflect and go oh okay mm. <coughs> No, that's so cool. Thanks for sharing. That's awesome. And we've kind of touched on it a little bit already, but you're obviously very passionate about what you do and your roles and are quite involved in the community. And it's such an <coughs> interesting space that you guys operate between is because you're both people in the community, very involved in the community, and you pastor a church. So we've had lots of conversations around kind of how you navigate that role as pastors of a church and um, a group of people really who come together and 
navigating those priorities of different people and their different journeys and different understandings of the world and how to interact with it, all that kind of all the stuff that comes into that mix while trying to hold a really great <coughs> culture of of love where people can grow and thrive really and I know you guys have had so many incredible learning and like challenging things I'm sure happen but I'd really love to hear kind of your biggest learnings from the kind of 20 over 20 years now isn't it yeah over 20 years over 20 years that you've been in that role pastoring a church and as leaders in the community and yeah so throw it out there big question I'll go first um this was a hard one (laughs) narrowing down everything you've learned to three things and to be able to say them succinctly is a little tricky Um, but I think the top one for me is guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life Um, pretty much I was out walking the dog today and as I was picking up the dog poop um, which you have to do you can't leave it there Um, and then you don't want to keep carrying the bag with you you actually have to go put it in the bin um, guarding your heart, um, I think, relates to not carrying other people's crap around with you. And um, I love that. Yeah, That's so good. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, <laughs> and actually putting it in the bin. And it's okay for people to offload. Excuse the term, but it's um, you can't to crap you, on you. Yeah, <laughs> you can't carry it with you. You actually have to go get rid of it, and that requires action on your part. And guarding your heart involves all of that um so that's number one because it's pretty a very big one if there's anything you'll get about my wife is she's very visual yes thank you very much <laughs> no one wants to see you getting <laughs> <laughs> thank you um, that. that's great number two is people stuff up but god is always faithful um there's no shadow of turning in him and i think knowing god's faithfulness through the over 20 years that we've been here is the thing that is my glue it's my concrete it's what holds me because in the midst of everything else it's like a roller coaster ride there's times when you'd rather just get off because on that ride you vomited but on other rides you're like woohoo this was awesome and um yeah and knowing that god's faithfulness is with you in the midst of the roller coaster ride is the thing that is amazing mm-hmm. and number 3 um which i think i've come to a whole new appreciation of like i said before just recently we're called to love god and love people and if we aren't loving ourselves as well as we could then it inhibits how well we can love others so um i think loving god loving people and loving ourself well in order to love others well mm-hmm. is um, probably my top three that I would say today. But ask me tomorrow and I might give you something completely different. That's so cool. Wow, that was very succinct. You're right. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's like a year's Good worth point. of wisdom wrapped up into three bullet points. Woohoo! It's amazing what can happen when you go for a walk with a dog. <laughs> Where did you get the instruction of three? Oh, I wrote it in oh, the original. Oh, in the original notes. Yeah, I yeah, obviously yeah. didn't read those. No, yeah, that's, that's Man, okay. seriously. Okay, Great. so number okay. one for you needs to Fail. be read the notes. Fail. <laughs> uh, um, I think I think for me, there's probably there's 
I could write a book on the things I've learned. Mm. Um, <clears throat> Please do. But yeah. The first thing I would say, the the first thing I would keep coming back to is um, for me it's about longevity and staying the course is about integrity. Mm. If you can't um, if you can't live on the outside who you are on the inside, then you'll never succeed mm. in what you want to do and what you're passionate about. Mm. You're not the same person on the inside as you're on the outside. If people because after a period of time, you can no longer hide the crap, the stuff that's broken inside of you. You can't hide. You can only hide that for a certain period of time, and and that will always undermine you. Um, and so, you know, being in one community for twenty odd years, there are people in this community who don't like us, mm. um, or who have struggled to relate to us, or we've offended them. But through the process of life, we have tried to live with integrity. We've tried to live with open hearts uh, towards those people um, and restore what has been broken. But that hasn't always been possible. But we've tried to live with integrity. So for me, I want to know and I look back over my 20 years and know that how I've lived my life has been the most integrous that I could have been. Mm. Um, and that's in both circumstances. So whether I'm in a community setting or a church setting, you're going to get the same person in either one of those settings. Yeah. It's just my language might change because in, you know, in different cultures, you have to change your language um, to communicate in that culture and that environment. But the character who I am stays the same. So that would be the first thing for me. Um, the other thing is don't take yourself too seriously. Um, you've got to be able to laugh and at yourself mostly because we stuff up, we do things wrong, and we've got to have a laugh. But life's meant to be fun, and if you take yourself too seriously, we're in for a difficult, you're in for a difficult ride. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and, and the other thing for me is things always take longer than you expect. Those would be the mm. three things. Um, I remember when we first came, I had these grand strategic plans mapped out because I'm an engineer by background, so I'd mapped out what we were mm. going to do and, how long it was going to take and um, when I'd be completed on those tasks and be able to move on to the next thing and pretty quickly found out that that that's, doesn't often happen. There are some moments where you celebrate because you did it on time and you did a great job, but most of the time it takes longer than you expect. Especially if you want to love people well in the journey, which is something right. we've always aimed to do. Um, we didn't, I mean, we could have come in guns blazing and, and gone right we're going to do this this and this but that's not the way that we personally function so yeah i think that's that's why you know if you've got a plan but you want to include <coughs> include people in the plan then taking people into account always creates curves in the road that you weren't mm -hmm. expecting and you have to allow for that yeah that's so good that's so good i'm like Having a bit of a laugh because I heard someone say the other day, people are very inefficient. It's true. <laughs> yep. It's absolutely I, true. I thought that was, uh, it was, yeah, it was funny. And it's a good thing life isn't about efficiency. Yes, yeah. exactly. Wow. Exactly. Because because if it was about efficiency, um, then we'd exclude people from the process. Robots would have taken over already. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and probably more than that, we wouldn't learn the stuff that we need to learn in the junior life. Mm. 
because a lot of the journey learnings take place in in inefficient moments. Yeah, true. Darn it. <laughs> no, that's so. I I heard this, mate. I'm just re- referencing all these crazy things I've heard, but there's this thing. Um, someone mentioned a while back. They were talking about like some of the most inconvenient moments are the moments where you're meant to be like that's the space you learn that's not the space you brush off and go oh why did that happen that's like the wow okay that was there are interruptions to our plans yes yeah the stuff that it isn't quite written down in our little to-do lists or our schedules (laughs) and is in between meetings that's often when stuff happens but we learn and grow. Those moments can be incredibly profound. Yes. Even if they're just little. If we give them room to be profound. That's true. But if we're so tied up in our schedule, we don't allow for the profound to take place. Margin time, the white space in between calendars. Yeah. It's a whole other thing. Eh? Yeah. No, that's Absolutely. cool. Love it. But is that something you guys have found being agile? So obviously you come to things with your own understandings biases perspectives ways of viewing the world your own lens kind of thing that you bring to a space or your own goals or things you want to achieve um is that something you've had to learn to be quite agile and flexible to kind of move with people and with where things are at like for example this year the pandemic you know like flexibility has become a huge thing and being adaptable but is that something you guys have found across your journey and now as well? Or? Um, yeah, I, 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 think, I think the thing for me, whenever you're working with people, there's got to be a level of, of flexibility and adaptability mm. with that. Um, because when you prioritise a relationship over an outcome, then the outcome becomes less important. And sometimes the relationship, maintaining the relationship, makes the outcome um, different to what you thought. Mm-hmm. But the most important thing is the relationship. Um, again, that whole thing of integrity, you know, in the end, what people, what people will remember me for, I hope, is not um, what I achieved or what I did but who I was and how I related to to people and how I loved people. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when it all boils down, it's those close relationships that sustain you and and strengthen you and support you as you journey life. It's not the stuff you've achieved. It's not the shakeable stuff that we talked about at the start, you know, Mm -hmm. the things you do. Um, You know, whenever I interact with people that are sick, it's the... It's the relationships that actually sustain them in that moment. It's not the work that mm. they used to do or they do. Um, it's the family. It's the the whanau, It's the um, the church supports the the community that you're part mm. of that becomes so important. That's really interesting as well when you say like rallying the relationship over the outcomes, because in spaces I've been in, often it's outcomes before relationships. And you see how that impacts the outcomes themselves. Like they don't work for the people that they're meant to work for. They don't serve the people they're meant to serve for. Um, And I think when you do it, when you've flipped the triangle up the other way 
in your going relationships than outcomes. Like you say, the outcomes might be different to what you have in your head and what we come expecting or wanting. But I've seen them turn out so much better when you're working with the person than... Absolutely. Yeah, and you get amazing things happening that you don't even wouldn't have even thought of. Things pop yeah. up and you go, oh, yeah, that's right. I can't think of everything. That's right. <laughs> We're all one-eyed. Yes. We all have yeah. our lens, right? <laughs> yeah. And because of that, we can't see everything. And, you know, someone mm. else actually may see it better than you. Yeah. Mm. It's very true. Right. Any thoughts from the blue seat over here? No. I, I think Dad summed it up well. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Adaptability. You're very flexible. Very flexible, honestly. Um, the number of times things do not go to plan and you're so good at being like, okay, all right, let's try this or do this instead <laughs> and we'll be resourceful and use what we have available. Like it's, it's very impressive. It's very impressive. Thank you. I don't always deem myself to be that way inclined. <laughs> but I think sometimes, um, yep. She's very good at thinking on her feet. Yeah, but I, I feel like even if it's frustrating, you acknowledge the emotion and then you move through it and you're like, okay, this yeah. really sucks and what can I do about it? Yeah. It's not like you stay fixated on this, like, oh, why did this have to happen? Yeah. yeah. Then you can well, see the opportunity. If I stay fixated on the problem or what, in my mind, the thing that didn't go according to plan or what in I, my mind I thought should happen, I just end up down this terrible rabbit warren of, of dark stinkness. And so if you could actually get to a place where you go, okay, this happened, how can I lift up? How can I get out? How can I move? How can I shift? Um, it's about choosing to look beyond where you are into what's ahead rather than what's behind what's past mm. forgetting what is past i look forward i press for on to the goal yeah because mm. you're quoting all these scriptures she's just floating out do you want the reference as well philippians come on i don't know <laughs> <laughs> something three <laughs> i love it oh, that's dear. so good oh mate okay so <coughs> speaking of people in our spaces, I, growing up, um, have very fond memories and funny memories of pe uh, being around, and still now, being around people quite often, like in our house, people turning up on random, even if it's your day off, <laughs> quotes around day off, because I know that that's not really a thing that always happens. Um, and I think I, it's definitely shaped me to be who I am because I spend a lot of time with people growing up and different people as well real diverse different backgrounds and walks of life but um yeah I'm really curious to kind of see how you've gone working with people so much I know we've talked about this before is you often can't separate work and home and refueling and family life and work life as other professions or pathways might be able to um, and that's a really challenging space because you have to learn how to refuel in the middle of that. Like, okay, yeah. we're around people. And you guys, family as well, like we're around all the time. You've got kids and people coming and going, which makes it hard as well. So I'm really curious to kind of 
hear how you refuel in that space of juggling different priorities and things happening and yeah i think i think we're really blessed in in our role is that there is some flexibility around our <laughs> our hours i might be stealing my wife's thunder here <laughs> um, <laughs> um around our roles um that gives us some room to flex as we need to um it's not something i have to say looking the big thing is looking after yourself um and giving yourself permission to look after yourself that yeah. your own health and well-being is actually really important and that's not something we well i, I in particular it's not something i did well early on um I would quite easily let uh, work stuff drift into quotes days off and other things and be consumed with nights out and everything like that. Um, mm. But it's, it's yeah, it's always a challenge. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, we had to put, you know, we've had some pretty robust discussions around that over the years, haven't we? Oh, yeah. about what's worked and what hasn't worked and <laughs> particularly how I've need to, needed to adapt more and change more um, and and also just the internal driving factors again related back to identity you know often you do you're caught up in the doing and what people expect of you in your roles and you don't actually give yourself permission to go hold up uh, this is about actually about my health and well-being now and what you think actually doesn't matter um, because i need to look after myself yeah that's and cool. so stop right here um, and giving myself permission and not feel guilty about that has been challenging at times and even now it still is when people need help or there's something significant happening um, yeah i think personal boundaries are really really important in order to be able to do ministry long term because as we were talking about before with um, putting people first that also can mean that it like you were saying the curves in the road uh, often pass through your space and time and things don't always happen at convenient times um, but I think learning to say okay right now in this moment this is a priority over this and so just learning boundaries learning priorities starting to um i've had to get a little bit more anal about what i say yes and no to and it feels quite brutal but at the same time i'm preserving my health and well-being for longevity um over like lawrence was saying just saying yes in the moment in the moment so instead of reacting in a situation um, taking time thinking it through responding don't say yes too quickly to things you know talk stuff out um yeah mm. i think to refuel personally is is vital because if we can't uh if we can't be personally refueled, we also don't have, well, especially me, I can't function prophetically. I don't hear the Holy Spirit well. Um, I don't lead well. So if, essentially, if I'm not looking after 
myself and giving myself space that I need, um, I can't do my job. I can't do my calling because I've screwed myself over. So, um, yeah, it just refueling is very important. Mm, nice. I like that. Solid mm. thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. yeah and some of that is discovering and part of the journey is discovering what refuels you and giving yourself room to do that yeah <coughs> and would you guys say that's something you've learned in more time that you spend with yourself and whether it's alone or trying to refuel you've found things that you're like yeah this is something that i feel refreshed after doing it and rested yeah mm, that's cool sure are there a few things that you'd be willing to share that you do as individuals? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's easy. I mean, for me, uh, football, so soccer, um, is something that has always been um, been something that I've found refreshing and, and enjoyable. I love the competitive nature of getting on a field with a bunch of blokes and, and kicking the ball around. And, um, and you can switch off from whatever mm. else is going on in the world and you're just focused on what's happening in that moment with that group of guys um, and I've only just been able to reconnect with that in the last few years and uh, it's it's a huge part of um, I guess me me enjoying life now and being probably happier and more relaxed around things has been that otherwise um, you know activity physical activity is good reading books I really like that as well um, yeah it's good that's these cool. are some so those are the key things for me. Yeah. I was gonna say perks for football enjoying life and then perks for fitness and um health as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah both it's it's all, it all it all wins in yeah. uh, wins in that one. Love it. Yeah. And meet some awesome people as well. So yes. It's always fun. I was also going to add that you're not just playing with blokes at the moment. I'm in your oh, new team. Oh yes, it's true. So that's I exciting. haven't played with you yet. Not yet, this week. This, this week. week. So if um, I can get through this. We have a few Wahine on the field as well, so that's gonna be cool. Awesome. Oh, actually, I think it's just me, but that's okay. Me, well, we're me and the blokes. One. Then we're working on another one. We're hoping Natasha might join us. Oh, cool. Yeah, nice. Natasha, if you're listening, come to football and practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we want you. Yay! <laughs> that was so good. Mm. <laughs> How about you? Um, for me, personal refueling, um, if I'm uber tired and just cannot be bothered I refuel by watching a movie um, if I have headspace and energy I love to refuel uh, well walking the dogs but also um, writing being creative somehow so whether it's through writing or whether it's through art or mm. that kind of thing coming up with concepts or ideas yeah mm. yep those are <laughs> big ones for me that's super cool i remember you saying the other day that you were you sent me a text and you were like yeah i'm in the zone like because when you were writing yeah yeah i was so spoiled i got to sit in the kuru lounge at the airport and i was sitting there waiting for my flight and i had nothing that was pressing and i just got to sit there and write mm. did it feel like luxury yes that's really interesting eh? luxury luxury it was a luxury once she was in a quarry lounge, that's luxury. Well, that right was there. luxury in itself, yes, that's true. No, that's so cool. Yeah, while we're on this topic of creativity and writing for you, I'm keen to hear. Um, we've had a few conversations about like 
Um, I'll just explain this image of a bookshelf. So uh, sometimes in our personalities or who we are or these things that we can do or things we're passionate about, you have a bookshelf. Because I personally don't think it's just one thing. Like people use the word calling a lot. I'm not I'm not a big fan of it. Just because it I think it kind of directs people towards you this one thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> it directs people towards kind of like that. <laughs> you don't know she it's okay. Just... <laughs> it was not a personal dig. It was not a personal dig. If you um, want to know, she just pulled the bird. Woo! <laughs> Yes, you did. <laughs> you can it's edit the, that bit out. It's the greatest no, it's, thing we're ever. We're keeping it in. It's, funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Love it. <laughs> no, okay. So, so <laughs> calling. Sorry, back to what we're talking about. Um, and that often it's kind of Alec Andrew Stone said this a mm. while ago. Is an image of a bookshelf, and sometimes these things, um, or dreams you have, or ideas, or things, and you kind of have a bookshelf. Sometimes you'll have a few books down at once, or maybe it's just one. And I mentioned to you this idea when we're driving back in the car from the airport. Um, this idea of taking a book off the shelf, even though it feels like it may have gotten a bit dusty up there. Is that something you feel like writing has been for you at the moment? Like, kind of re-exploring this passion that you have? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've loved writing since I was a kid. Like, I think maybe somewhere if I dug deep enough, I could find a book of poems I wrote when I was a child. That's cute. Um, yeah, self-published with really fancy uh, cartridge paper. <laughs> I don't know what cartridge paper is. Just paper. Oh. Thick, okay. Quite thick paper. Yeah. Cool. No. Um, but yeah, for me, definitely, I've. What, you didn't have a laptop? I've always... Yeah. <laughs> 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 Thank um, you for technology. Yeah. Well, no, even now when we have technology, I still find it very therapeutic to write with a friction pen on um, blank paper. It's still something about it. Thank you for friction. That's your advertising. Yeah, yeah that's advertising for... Um, <laughs> it's great. Um, but, yeah, no, writing definitely is something that has always been there i've always loved doing sometimes mm. it's come through my journaling and other times it just when you guys were little i'd have spark ideas about kids books and i just think about different things so i've got truckloads of ideas and sometimes and stories that i've heard or things that i want to work off or bounce off mm. sometimes it's just taking those things and giving them time to brew and you have to have headspace for that to happen. And I think I'm just getting to a place now where I'm building some headspace into my life so that I can take that book off my shelf and go, right, mm. this is part of my calling. Mm -hmm. So I think I look at calling as I have many aspects to who I am. Mm. So it's calling about being in the lane that you're called to run in. So I like running in lots of lanes. Taking up lots of space. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're if you're in like a race no, with lots of other people, you, you know, you're in your lane and, and my bookshelf is in my lane with me and there's lots of books that I have on my shelf and mm -hmm. at different times I'll pick up different books and yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah I love it. I'm just it's really funny because when you say lane, I have such a negative connotation to it. Just because it's a perspective I bring. Like I think 
The Matrix, which I watched recently, so I now get all the film references. I think The Matrix and like stay in your lane, like. <laughs> but no, I think that's such a cool idea that like it's almost your that lane is like who you are as a person, mm. and that's what you can bring to a space, into a table, into a group, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, that, nah, that's awesome. Excellent. So exciting as well. Building more headspace into like your calendar is a big thing. We were talking about that white space in your calendar and how important that is. Yep. That's and great. that is part of looking after yourself is if you don't schedule it into your calendar, it won't happen if you lead a busy life. So you have to schedule it in. Mm. Otherwise, it's all over. Yeah. Yeah. No, true. And it's actually okay to book your calendar with. Nothing. Reading. Nice. Yes. <laughs> Make an appointment to yourself. I like it. Yeah. Is that, I know that's something we've talked about as well, the idea of busyness and this busy culture. Um, do you have thoughts on that? Stop the glorification of busy. Nice. I remember reading it a long time ago. Is, that a, is it a book? No. Just a oh. quote. I just, oh, I don't I know where it's from, but I just remember stop the glorification of busy. And I'm just like, yep, it's true. People glorify busy. It's like, how have you been? Oh, yeah, busy. Good, good. So, have you got anything somewhere. else in your conversation to say apart from the fact that you've been busy? Or is everything about your life is that you're busy? Or is it actually that your life is full and rich and has value and depth to it? Or is it just busy? There's mm. a difference. Yeah. So, mm. that's a language thing again. I, I've, changed, mm. I've tried to change my language when people ask me, how's your week been? It's been full mm. rather than busy. I think it's cool because full carries like, it's, when you said brew earlier, like I think it carries a weight to it and full carries the same kind of weight. Yeah. Is that word? Yeah. yeah, I think I think busy's become a bit of a nothing word actually because mm. we throw it around like, I don't know, like cotton candy. Because <laughs> I throw cotton candy everywhere. Every Popcorn. day. <laughs> throw it around like $100 bills. Maybe we should go there. Someone throw around $100 bills. <laughs> I don't know. We throw it around without really having any meaning behind it. And um, and I think busyness has the, the concept of busyness and our slavery to it, if you like has stolen us of a lot of things about life that are the best things about life. Mm. Yep. Yeah. You know, and again it comes back to living life to the full is I don't I don't think living life to the full to and in abundance uh, is where you're running all over the place like a headless chicken because mm. you're busy. Yeah. Yeah. And I talked about this on podcast last, not last week, the week before, and much to do about nothing, that idea that you can have so much going on, but you're doing nothing. So it's absolutely it. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. I and I think, I think it comes back to your identity question right at the beginning about shakeable, unshakeable. Mm. Um, often people are busy because that does give them identity. Yeah. And security. True. I'm needed. I'm needed. Oh, dropping a good bomb there. Mm. <laughs> I'm needed because I have a busy calendar. Therefore, I am important in this world. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So it's interesting. I've noticed in some conversations when I've said to people, um, if they've asked, you know, how's your week been? 
and instead of saying busy, I say full, or I, I actually go, oh, I've been quite relaxed this weekend. How much of a bomb that drops <laughs> yeah. in a conversation where they just people like, don't know so how to respond. Why do I say One of my colleagues um, asked them how their week was going, and they've said, oh, yeah, everything's going really well. I'm on task, on target. It's been great. Finishing early today. Honestly, never ever heard that from anybody in my life. And this was someone who I really admire and appreciate. And um, I I like them a lot as like a role model in the workplace. And that was their response. And I was like, yes, that was so refreshing. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Like that someone is actually, like obviously it's not always possible. But yeah, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Don't use busy to fill the void. Mm. It's so true though. Even last night I got home and we had plans and then it didn't quite go to plan as we were talking about. And I suddenly had spare time in my evening and I was like, ah, what do I do now? And I noticed myself doing stuff. Like I put a load of washing on and like things like that. And yeah. And then I realized I was like, okay, cool. What now? (laughs) And then I went to sleep early. Oh, like yeah it was crazy yeah i think i think sometimes the busyness is to fill the void of i don't want to be alone with my own thoughts yes that's so true stimulus right yeah Yeah. true next hit i have actually heard somebody say that what that they have to keep themselves busy oh yeah because if they're not busy then they don't like the realities that they face wow yeah. That's a terrible way to live. Yeah. I, oh, I, I feel so I've sorry heard a few that. people say that. Like, it's not possible to sit. Like, what's that thing? All of men or people's problems stem to their it's in a, their inability to sit in a room by themselves. By themselves. <sighs> Give me a room by myself. I'd love it's to. Like, I read it. Sorry, nothing personal. <laughs> I, read a stu- I read, a, read a study about that that some uh, uh, University of America had done with. Um, with kids and right, and shops. I spoke about it. Yes, and they were told to go in a room and they could stay in a room by themselves for half an hour. If they wanted to get out early, they could self-administer an electric shock. Yes, because it's sixty percent or something. Sixty-eight or seventy percent of people, and forgive me if my figures are wrong, of the people who came into that room had self-administered an electric shock, so they didn't have to sit for half an hour by themselves in a room. Isn't that crazy? Which is like, that's that's really scary. That's really scary. To take this tangent even further, COVID-19, there were a lot of, oh, it wasn't always like, so I know in our house it wasn't really the case that we didn't have anything to do. But I know a lot of people who suddenly weren't busy anymore. Yeah. And they had to sit and be with their thoughts. Or with their family. Or with, or with their family. <laughs> which, which is worse for some people. Yeah. That's crazy, right? Yeah. Sad. Sad. Yep. Sad. But mm. that's some people's reality. It's um, fortunately for us, uh, not at this stage. <laughs> Thank well, you. I'm glad to hear. Well, <laughs> well, there probably have been times I would look back in my history where in my story where i can't say that where i am now has always been where i was yeah totally yeah. totally and so you know i i get why people are there and i understand mm-hmm. why people are there um but i guess the the encouragement is 
that's not the best place to live yep. in that environment, you know. Do you have a tip for anyone who maybe finds themselves in there, like, can't sit by themselves with their thoughts, it's too hard to address what's going on in their world, and it's much easier to block it all out by doing and consuming and running? Yep. I would say find somebody they can trust implicitly and go talk to that person about what's going on in their head. Yep. Because if you can't gotta own if it. If you yeah, if you can't escape from what's in your head and you're using busyness as escapism, um, and actually what's going on is actually detrimental and the further you go down that track the more detrimental it becomes. If it's not detrimental <coughs> to your mental health, it will become detrimental to your physical health. It could become detrimental to both if you let it go down that track too far. Um, but it's really important to find a very trustworthy person and to talk to them, somebody who's wise, not somebody that you meet on the street, but somebody who you know that you can trust and will hear you and will support you in your journey of finding abundant life again because, yeah, that's what we were created for is abundant life, not not survival we're not just here to survive we're here to thrive absolutely yeah the first thing is just you know i think doing that and approaching someone is that process of owning it you've got to know you've got to acknowledge that you've got to you've got something you need to deal with Mm. that's the first step own it speak it out loud yeah that's me then get help ask someone um because you're worth, you know, every person is worth more than being stuck in that cycle. Yeah. And mm. that hole. Yeah. Because it is a hole. Yeah. And there's, you know, you know, there's no easy way out of it, but you can. You can mm. get out. And life is better when you do. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. Well, thank you guys so much for the conversation today. I know we didn't quite get to a few things like carrying vision and a bit more leadership, so I think we're going to have to have you back. (laughs) (laughs) Season three. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) No, that's awesome. But quick fire before we finish. Okay. Um, One thing somebody told you that has stuck with you for the rest of your life. Um, I'm thinking more positive stuff. Also, there is negative stuff that sometimes we hold on to, but I'm thinking of something that's really helped you in your journey. And then the other thing, if you could describe your life so far in one word. (laughs) Good one. Excellent. Okay. Well, I'll start with the one word. Um, My life so far. Sorry if this you find a cliche, but one word journey nice because it is Mm. and you don't get to your end destination as soon as you walk out of your house you've got to actually go for a bit of a journey to get to where you're going to go so yep my my one word journey and advice one thing someone's told me yeah positive you go i'll think Oh, really? Okay. Um, my one word, I, I, I had, 
I had two options. Uh, the first word was adventure. The second one was two words hyphenated, so it makes it one word. Treasure hunt. Um, those would be the the two words, things that I would use. Um, I think uh, one or the one thing that I remember probably the most important, and it goes back to what I talked about early, was the thing about integrity. Mm. Um, yeah, be the same person on the outside as you are on the inside. And don't apologize for it. Mm. Mm. That's cool. Very cool. So we've got journey, adventure, and treasure hunt. I'm only 19 years in, so I have a lot to look forward to, apparently. <laughs> you sure have. You do. <laughs> Absolutely, you do. No, that's so cool. Did you have any? Sorry to bring this one on you. Did you have anything that's. I think. Here? I I think it fits uh, mainly along the lines of the words that were chosen, journey, adventure, treasure hunt. I'm going to go back to the quote that we had on our wedding invite. How's that? Oh, I haven't heard this before. <laughs> uh, um, She's going to have to remind me. <laughs> grow old, uh, oh, grow oh, yeah. old along with me, the best is yet to be. Nice. I think walking through life, Believing that there is better that will still come is a great way to live. Hope. Yep. Yep. That's a good way. I thought when you started saying it that Dad was going to chime in and you were going to re recite it in time. Oh. But then you didn't, no. so it wasn't as cool. Yeah, sorry. But it's just as cool coming out of your mouth. No, no, it's okay. Okay, great. <laughs> That's really cool. I like that a lot. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you both so much. I really appreciate you. And if I don't tell you that enough, I do. Thank you. That's great. And um, I think thanks we're for gonna... some, Thanks for inviting us. No, it's cool. Yeah. Privilege to be on your it's podcast. It's very exciting. Yeah. It's very exciting. You're amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> you know that I, we think you are. I do. I do. I do know that. I think we're going to cook some dinner now. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm going to eat it. No, I think you're cooking. <laughs> no. Or it's Katie. Katie's cooking. Katie's cooking. Katie's cooking. Katie's cooking. Katie's cooking. We've been able to hear her this whole podcast downstairs chopping away and getting some stuff done. So you yeah. might have. I think our too, house but... might start smelling very good. Popcorn know. chicken. Whoop, whoop. Oh, oh, nice. She's making it herself, isn't she? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's really good. Oh, cool. Well, thank you so much once again for tuning in, and it's been a pleasure to have you. And we'll have you back definitely. Thanks. See ya. Thanks. I hope you loved the conversation today and got something out of it. And I look forward to seeing you back here for the next conversation next week.